I am not Michael Wu. Big surprise to some people. But I do get the pleasure of introducing our speaker tonight. And Michael is a guy that I'm excited that we get the chance to hear from tonight. Michael, an intern of ours uh, from Portland, Oregon. Actually, outside of... Are there that many Portland people here? Ugh. Um... Yeah, that's right. I said it. Uh, anyways, uh, Michael went to George Fox University, baseball player there, as well as majoring uh, in business management and accounting. Uh, came up here this year. Those are some of the brief facts, but there's really two things that you need to know to understand Michael Wu. The first is that the man straight up looks great in sweats. He really does. I've never met somebody that looks so good in sweatpants, and he wears them all the time. And I've been thinking about it, and he wants to possibly get into public accounting, and I'm thinking, how could he be a public accountant when he wears sweats every single day to the office? As soon as he realizes he can't, it's going to be a, a rough realization. In fact, I got this picture of him in sweats. The funny thing is, this is Michael on most days, not today. I actually had to search two years back on Facebook to find a picture of him in sweats, which is really weird. That's one thing to know. The second is that Michael is a fierce competitor. Fierce. No matter what sport he's playing, it doesn't matter. Uh, sometimes it's not even a sport. Little office games. If we see who can throw a, a rolled up ball of paper into the trash the most times, he immediately gets right into it. Um, this is the picture of him playing baseball uh, in the DR this year. And what you'll notice is Michael as a lefty is playing shortstop, which is kind of weird. But uh, if anyone can pull it off. It's Michael Wu. And here's another picture of him getting super competitive. This is when we won a whole bunch of tickets at, uh, at Fantasia or Family Fun Center. He gets into anything. Okay, he's that competitive to win that even winning a bunch of tickets gets him pumped up. But I'm excited tonight because we also get to see a guy who, who's that, um, who cares that much about excelling in life who wants to make himself better, who's constantly seeking uh, to find ways that he can make an organization better or that he can improve himself. He's always asking questions. How can I uh, be better? How can I grow? And, and I love that. I love his heart. And I'm excited for us uh, to get to hear more of that heart, his heart for Jesus Christ and the way uh, that he desperately wants to keep growing uh, deeper in that relationship. And so we get the chance to hear a little more of his story tonight. Would you please help me welcome the best thing to come from Oregon since Tillamook Cheese, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Wu. Yes, I am from Portland and I am a big Trailblazers fan. I'm a little bummed out about game five, terribly bummed out about game five. Anyways, um, wow. Thank you, Mike. Uh, very kind words from Mike McAvoy today. And what a pleasure, you guys. I'm super excited to see you guys. A lot of friends in the crowd. I have my family here. Some people I live with. Wow. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, man, I'm just super pumped. I'm really excited tonight, and I'm just trying to keep it all in. But, uh, you guys, uh, one thing we do every time here, and I don't know why it's so important to me, but if, you know, we ask, hey, is it your first time? Yeah, raise your hand. We're going to clap for you. Um, dude, seriously, if it's your first time here, I'm super, super glad you're here. Like, it means a lot to me. And I get really excited about the people that decide to come here for the first time. You're taking a big step. You might be really nervous. I'm glad you're here. I mean, this is a place for you guys. And for all you guys that have been here, come here every once in a while, welcome back. You know, we don't do this just to put on a show. It's not, we're not trying to put on a show. We need students. We care so much about college students. That's why we do this. So know that tonight. You're welcome. We're so glad you're here. Okay, so if you're joining us late and you haven't been to the end in a while, we're in this big uh, 
sermon kind of series about discernment. What is discernment? What am I supposed to do with my life? We're answering this question. Okay, and if you can remember weeks back, Ryan kind of got us kick-started, started thinking about this idea of what you are supposed to do with your life. Who am I? Who is God? What am I supposed to do? And pushing us towards the idea that it's, it's more about Jesus. It's really not about us. And Annika followed up the, the very next week and shared a little bit about her story and the ways that our great gifts fit the great needs of the world and how we're all fit as a part of the body of Christ to do a certain gift. Okay, we're not all eyes and we're not all ears and arms and legs, but we are one part and we all make up one body. Okay, and most of you are here Two weeks ago, when Lorenzo Romar, the head coach of the University of Washington Husky basketball team, was here and shared a little bit about his life. What a privilege to hear his story. How God gifted him, how God prepared him, spending many, many years in athletes in action, that he might be prepared for the work he's doing now, sharing the gospel as the head coach at UW. And last week we stopped and we prayed. And we got a chance to pray and surrender, and praise God, and just slow down just a little bit from all the things that we hold on to real tight, all the decisions we're making right now, all the big choices, what major, what job, what city, let them go. Really, really great week last week of prayer. And that's where I hop in in this series about decision making and discernment, Uh, just talking about my story. And a lot of it's going to be my story, and you're probably going to get more Michael Wu than you probably bargained for tonight. But, uh, you know, really, ultimately, my hope is that that would point towards Jesus Christ. That this story and this night is not about me. It's, it's more about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, you guys. Okay, so uh, before we get started, you're going to hear more of my story throughout the night. But I would be remiss if I didn't introduce my parents to you tonight. They're in the back. Go ahead and stand up. There's Ron. Joanne. Great. They're lovely. Fantastic people. Okay, and then I have some people that have opened their homes to me this year that I've lived with. So if Adam Hestad would stand up and the Tossie compound, come on, stand up. Yeah. 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 These people just, oh man, they're great. They open up their home and they love me. And I feel so privileged uh, to live with them. Okay, so I want to show you guys some pictures before we get rolling. Just so you guys know kind of what I was like growing up. Uh, I only get to speak once at the end. And uh, I want to make it count. So I feel like I need to show you guys pictures of me because that will make me happy. (laughs) Okay, so there's Baby Woo. Um, you can tell that my athletic prowess was coming quickly as a young child. If you can see my calves, they're, they're not real existent. Okay, next one there. Okay, we'll keep it rolling. This is Baby Woos. This is my brother Marcus. Uh, you'll see a better picture of him later. But th- there I am, okay, in the bow-, bow tie and suspenders. They're matching. Good. Okay, keep going. And there's Ron and Joanne again. Good job, Mom and Dad. Produce some good products. And that's AJ, my oldest brother. He's 32 now. Okay, keep it rolling. There's kindergarten woo. And so you're starting to see kind of this 
action in my hair, and I'm not sure with these next pictures if I'm to blame or if mom and dad are to blame. <laughs> but I probably rocked that bowl cut probably for too many years than I should have. I mean, I was pushing high school. Okay, and there's some more. And I'm telling you, it just doesn't stop. The hits keep rolling. I played soccer even, and, and that was it. Ooh, that hurts. Okay, sorry. Ma, I don't know. Those are some dark times in my life. Keep it rolling. Okay, so I kind of grew out of it, thank goodness. Um, and if you're looking at my brothers here, you might be wondering one thing. Um, so Michael is, you know, part Asian. And Marcus is also part Asian, and my brother AJ is uh, fully white. <laughs> and you would be correct in, in seeing that and noticing that, so good job. Um, AJ is, he's, he's my brother, he's from my mom's first marriage, I love him, he's awesome. And they have an adorable little two and a half year old girl named Kennedy, and I, oh, whew, she's great. She's a big ball of fun. Okay, keep it rolling. That's high school, woo. Okay, and this is Wu's braids, as I like to call it, or bros, or friends. And this, this, this is an important picture for me. These are the guys that know me, and we look like goons, for sure. But these are the guys that know me. These are the guys that love me. These are the guys that know my crap. They know what makes me tick. They know what gets me excited. And this is important. This idea of friendship is really important. Amber talked about it last term. Friends. Being fully known. And knowing your friends fully. Big, big part of my story tonight. So, great. Okay. So, um, throughout the night, you're going to hear some stories. And you're probably not going to hear the funniest stories that I have to offer. But you're going to hear the most authentic stories that I have to offer. Okay, the stories that changed the trajectory of my life. And how I landed right here in Seattle in front of you guys. Spending time with you this year. And we're using the Apostle Paul to kind of work through Corinthians to figure out this whole process of discernment and gifts. Okay, but before we hop into love, and Paul talking about love in 1 Corinthians 13, let me pray for us. God, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you love us like crazy. And God, tonight we pray that it would be more and more and more about you, Jesus. Lord, and that these words that I get the privilege of sharing would be intercepted by the Holy Spirit tonight as they land in hearts and ears, Lord, that it would be so much more about you. We we pray for that tonight, Uh, Lord, that you would have us be attentive, and uh, Lord, that we could glorify you tonight in what we do and say and think and act. We love you so much. Thanks for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's just hop right into the scripture here. I'm going to read it to you. This is probably a really familiar passage to most of you. If not, totally fine. But uh, it's about love. And we see it a lot. Okay, so let's just read it. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned uh, like a child. But when I became a man, I put my ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then, there will be a day we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Okay, so I'm going to look at this in in just a couple sections, and we're going to just break it down by each slide there. But the first section there, section one through three, is kind of talking to us about uh, what's the whole point of love, and why does it even matter, okay? So there it is. And, and um, so if you look at this passage, you know, I, when I look at it, these are the things that I notice. Um, Paul is talking about these gifts, uh, tongues and, and prophecy and, and a faith that can move mountains. He's talking about these gifts, but he's talking about them in a really full extent. Not just faith, but faith that can move mountains. Not just prophecy, but this prophecy that knows all secrets and all knowledge. He talks about them in, in this, this really gifted way, in the full extent. Okay? And the refrain that we see over and over and over in verses 1 through 3 is that without love, I am nothing. Without love, I gain nothing. Okay, that's where my story picks up, guys. This is a huge part of my story. As Mike said, I went to George Fox University. I was, um, my sophomore year, I knew that I was going to be an accounting major. I was set on it, and I didn't turn back. Um, I took some classes my freshman year and, and found out that that's how my mind worked. And it came real easy to me. And when I knew I was gifted in, in it was when I started helping others learn it too. And as the more I helped others, I was like, gosh, yeah, this makes sense. I'm going for this. And I felt good about that. I felt like God had created me that way to study accounting, to study business. Okay, and if you don't know much about the accounting major, and if there are accounting majors out there, you probably know this, but these big firms, they come onto your campus and they do a really good job of recruiting. They come to UW, they come to George Fox and they meet you. They get to know you in hopes that you would take their internship positions and their full-time positions too. Okay, and I was right in line for success to have all of those things. I had really good grades. I studied real hard. I was one of the top performers in my class in academics. My teachers really liked me. My peers really liked me. I was an athlete. I had all this promise, right? Yeah? I had all this promise that, that this was for me, that God had created this for me. And people would tell me, oh, Michael, you're going to be great at that. And I believed it, of course. It felt good. And as the process went on, and you know, as I interviewed with all these big accounting firms, I watched my friends get internship offers that didn't study as hard. And I got, you know... They they got offers for full-time jobs when they didn't seem to work as hard or care as much or didn't have the same extracurricular activities that I had. At the end of this whole process, 
Guess how many job offers I have? Zero. Zero. Do you know what I prayed to God that night? I said, God, are you joking me? God, you've got to be kidding me. I thought this was what you wanted. I thought this is how you gifted me. This has got to be some kind of sick joke, God. And it took me a little time to realize, um, I mean, A, through the humbling process that that was, but it took me a little time to realize that this passage right here is the central message that God is telling me. Accounting was about me. Accounting was about the money I could make. Accounting was about the job security that I might gain. The success that I might attain. It wasn't about love. I missed it. I totally missed the mark. And it was about me. It was so selfish. And it took me some time to realize that. I'll pick my story up a little bit later. Um, Another thing, just here. I mean, it doesn't say, Paul's not writing to say that, you know, without faith, you know, faith without love is no longer faith. It's not saying that. My gifts are still gifts. The way you're gifted uniquely, those are gifts. Okay, but without love, it says, I am nothing. Paul writes, without love, we are nothing, or we gain nothing. I gain nothing. Not that they're no longer gifts. They're definitely gifts. There's a ton of examples in the New Testament where Jesus is, is encountering these demons. And these demons are even saying, that they're professing that, that Jesus is Lord. They know, they have faith. They probably knew more than the disciples did, that he was Jesus, that he was the Lord. But without love, I'm not, I'm not sure those are worth anything. So the text goes on. Um, what, is lo- what is love anyways? Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. We hear it all the time. I see it all the time on Facebook. And it drives me nuts. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. Thanks for hanging out. Woof. That is, get that cheese out of my face. Oh, bro, man, I love you. You're the man. Dude, no, get that garbage out. In the same way, I mean, I'm, I'm fully guilty. I love the Blazers. I love bananas and ice cream. You know, like, is that the love that he's talking about? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I, and I'm, I think Paul helps us articulate what this love, this Jesus love, is all about. Okay? And he, he even talks about what it's not. What love isn't. And that's what happens in, in verses 4 through 7. Okay, I have an awesome privilege in my job. I have the coolest job. Uh, but one of the coolest parts of my job is I get to spend time with four freshman guys every Tuesday night at 5.30. These are guys that, care, that I care about a ton. Okay, and as I was preparing to speak... I thought, hey, why don't I just ask some of these guys what they think, too? And so we opened it up and we read this. Okay? And instead of love, we put our own names in there. Uh, it's just a practice that I had heard about, and I thought it would be a good exercise for all of us. So we did. Okay? Joel is patient. Michael is kind. Alex does not envy. Taylor does not boast. Josh is not proud. So on. We all read it for our, ourselves. Do you know what we found out, all, all five of us, that night? None of us fit the bill. Not one of us. I mean, not one of us came close. Okay, we're, I'm patient sometimes. 
Alex is real kind a lot of times. Okay? But we don't fit the bill, you guys. There's one name that fits the bill here. His name's Jesus. Jesus fits the bill. Jesus is love. Love matters, you guys. God measures our life in love. God doesn't measure our life by those decisions we're making. These big decisions about our major and our jobs and our security and where we're supposed to live and who we're supposed to be with. He doesn't measure our life based on those things. He measures our life in love. And isn't it our instinct, though, to look at this passage and to put our names in there and to see how we stack up? I'm guilty. For sure. I mean, I'm most, most of the time more patient than other people. I'm good. I don't keep track of wrongs most of the time. I know a lot of other people that do that, that hold grudges more than me all the time. I think I'm good. No, 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 no. Get that thinking out of there. You guys, God is measuring your life in love. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about you and God loving you based on how much you compare to other people. Please know that tonight. I just read a book. It was a good book. Uh, it's, it's called Crazy Love. It's by Francis Chan. And it's talking about this love. Talking about this idea of love. And what that really means. And, uh, and this is what I, I got from it. There was a chapter in there, and it talks about giving God your leftovers. Okay? Giving God that ten minutes before you go to bed. Because you can spare that time. That ten minutes before you need to get started and get ready for work or get ready for school because you got that midterm coming up. you got that ten minutes, you give that to God. Okay? We're giving God our leftovers all the time. You guys, He gave you His very, very best shot. I can't tell you this enough. He gave you His Son. The one and only Son. The God of the universe. The God that created you. He sent His Son to be humbled and to become a man like me and you. And humbled to the point of dying on a cross. He died a death for us. For us to have free life. God gave you His best shot. And what does He get in return? Leftovers? God deserves more, you guys. God deserves your best shot. And He doesn't deserve the perfect shot from you. He's not asking you to be perfect. Thank you, God, that you don't ask us to be perfect, right? Okay, but He is asking for your best shot. And when we do that, and we make a commitment to doing that, God's going to change us. He's going to mold us. He's going to make us more into the person we're supposed to be. And that reflex to be impatient, that reflex to be rude and easily angered, changes. And it's replaced with these things. The impulse, the reflex that we're not self-seeking. The impulse that we're be kind. The impulse that we would rejoice in truth. Right? You've tuned out, tune back in right now, please, and just hear this, this word for you tonight. This is it. God is crazy about you. He's crazy in love with you guys. I can't tell you that enough. He's so crazy about you. 
He wants you every morning to come and say hello. He wants you to draw close, you guys. He's crazy about you. So what? I mean, what does love even matter? Why does, this, why does that crazy love even matter? The scripture goes on and it kind of helps explain it. So in this section, um, verse 8 sticks out real strong to me. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. You guys, God gifted us. He made you unique and He gifted you. Be thankful for those things. But hear this challenge tonight. Those gifts and these decisions that we're making right now in this discerning process about what we're supposed to do with our lives are not as important as you think. I challenge you to think about this. They may not be as important as you think. Don't hear me say tonight that those don't matter. They do. God's going to use you. And He's going to let you decide. Kind of be a part of that if if you're sorry. But they may not be as important as you think. And I think that's, that is the essence of, of chapter 13 tonight. Squished between a chapter where Paul is talking about giftings and how he administers gifts. And then in 14 as well, he's doing the same exact thing. He's talking about how we use gifts. But right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of both of those passages, is a passage about love. You guys, it is not about what you do. It's about how you do it. Okay? Shake your head if you're with me. It's not about what you do. It's about how you're doing it. Do you have love? You guys, in accounting, in my story, there's no love. There's nothing for other people. Are you asking yourself the right questions? I wish this series was called, How am I supposed to live my life? Not, what am I supposed to do with my life? We always ask those questions. What's the job? What's the major? What's the internship? How about love? How about that? You know? How am, I supposed to, how am I supposed to love people in this job? How am I supposed to love people at school? How am I supposed to love people in my house? How am I supposed to love myself at Kaisas, Fiji's, Picaps? How am I supposed to love people there? I'll pick up my story. I had no vision for my future. I didn't really know what was next in terms of accounting. I was kind of SOL in jobs, and I was in Portland, and I was thinking, man... If I can't get an accounting job, I'm never going to have a job. And my buddy called me, a good friend of mine who actually was and is in accounting right now. He said, why don't you apply in Seattle? There's a job. One of our mutual friends, his name was Brian, had a job here. He was actually up here for announcements. One of the guys in that picture, he's doing a job in Seattle. He's doing ministry with college students at UW. Why don't you apply there? I was like, nah. I'm just going to look for accounting jobs. I mean, this is what I think I should do. This is what I should do. Um, and it came down to it, and I just decided, why not? Well, why don't I just call? So I called Brian, and I inquired. To save you some of the details, it was a three-day process. One day, on a Monday, I applied for this job. They asked me a bunch of questions. Do you know Jesus? Well, who is Jesus? Okay. Um, second day, they called me back and they, they interviewed me. I got on Skype and I interviewed. Tuesday. Thursday, I got a job. Called me back. You want the job? You got it. Sweet! 
holler, you know? Okay. I spent four years trying to get a job in accounting. I spent three days and I got a job in ministry. I don't get it. God, this is sick. But my story gets more confusing. It gets bottled. This third day that I got offered the job, an accounting firm calls me. One of the really nice accounting firms. I was like, oh, <laughs> come on. Don't do that. They said, hey, we got a job in Seattle. We think you'd be great for it. You should apply. I said, okay. So I started to apply. Okay? But my process changed. My discerning process, my decision-making process changed. I started asking my friends. I said, hey, what do you think? I called Brian. I said, hey, what do you think? You think this would be good for me? I called my friend Michael, who's in accounting. I said, hey, what do you think? You think I should do accounting? I talked to my dad. I talked to my mentors at school. I started inviting people into this discerning process. You guys, these decisions are big decisions. I know that. I'm with you. I'm right in the thick of this with you. Don't make those decisions alone. Guys, you need friends that know you. You need people that care about you. You need Ron and, you're Ron and Joanne Wu to ask you those right questions, to help you, help you process these big decisions. I'm so glad I didn't have to make this decision on my own. You know how it panned out? Well, you see it. I'm a product. But this job fell through. This is it. What a silly joke. But I am so privileged. I'm so thankful that I'm here. I couldn't have pictured my year any different than spending time loving you guys, hearing your stories, getting to know you, playing basketball with you guys. Okay, that stuff, man, I, did, I would not have had the opportunity to do that if I had entered accounting right out of, of college. I wouldn't. And my prayer has changed. When I didn't get this job, my prayer was so different than this one. I said, God, thank you that you gave me the chance to love people more. Okay? Thank you, God, for that. The text finishes. With this, with this uh, it, It's wonderful. It's a, I love it. Um, it it kind of talks about uh, now seeing in a mere dimly. Or now we, we don't see it in full. There will be a day when we'll see love in full. We will see Jesus in full. And we will know how crazy he was about us from the very, very start. Okay? And, and it says that three things remain out of these. I want to read that last verse from the message. Uh, a guy named Eugene Peterson wrote it. But I like the way he puts it instead of... The NIV here, he says, but, but for right now, until that completeness, until that day where we see Jesus face to face and know love face to face and know how much love is won and conquered, says, for right now, until that happens, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation, to that day. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly and love extravagantly. But the best of these three is love. God is so crazy about you. You guys, He's crazy about you. He loves you so much. He deserves your best shot. Are you giving Him your best shot?
Are you asking yourselves the right questions about how to live your life and not what to do in your life? I'm right in the middle of it still. Next year, I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't found a job. I don't know if I'll be in Seattle. But I take comfort in this idea that I know how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to make a commitment to living my life that way. Right? I'm going to live my life as it is judged through love and not by my success, not by where I'm at, not by what city or who I'm with. God's crazy about you. Let me pray. God, thank you for how much you love us. Thanks for the chance uh, tonight to respond in worship and song and in prayer. Lord, be with us in these decision-making process. Lord, they're not easy decisions, Lord. Please grant us the opportunity to know people fully, to invite people into our lives that we might have friends that care about us. Lord, help us to know that love matters, that love wins. And Lord, help us to know how to live our lives, Lord, for you and for your glory. And Lord, help us to know that those things that we ask, those what questions may not be as important as we think. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.